This season, we're highlighting other podcasts telling our stories. Here's Resistance. Kelly Davis never saw herself as a ride or die. Guys that I dated and they went to jail, I'd be like, I'll at me when you get out. <laughs> because I'm not a ride or die. I need to know where we riding to and why we got to die. But all that changed when Keith got locked up. I am going to raise holy hell until you feel like we're going to just let his ass go because this one is just not worth it. Resistance, a show about people refusing to accept things as they are. Follow and listen for free on Spotify. Hey, welcome to You Had Me at Black. I'm Martina Abraham Zalunga. This story you're about to listen to was recorded for one of our virtual kickbacks. Our kickbacks are a live podcast and musical experience with stories, DJ sets, and community, all from the comfort of your home, car, or wherever you want to tune in. If you missed the last one, be sure to join us this Friday for the next one. Visit youhadmeatblack.com slash the kickback to get your ticket. Now let's get to the story. It comes from Nate. He'd never called himself an artist, but one day after hitting a low point, he decided to follow his instincts. Here's what happened. Black girl magic and all that good shit. I am definitely a motherfucking mermaid. I took my shirt off. I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. But they start taking everything off. I was like, niggas don't skinny dip. Black women are healers and nobody can tell me any different. You're listening to You Had Me at Black. Alright, so at the start of COVID, I've been dating my best friend for almost two years. We're that couple that everybody keep comparing themselves to, like, whoever we're around, always making comparisons. Like, we was like Derwin and Melanie from the game. We was like Whitney and Dwayne from Different World. Like, we was that couple. So I'm thinking, like, all right, COVID, whatever, it sucked, but I'm dating my best friend. We've been best friends for three years, dating for two years. Like, it's good. So one bright, sunny Memorial Day Sunday, we chilling, we about to go to brunch, we leaving Target, in the car, turn it on. And she started crying. So I'm like, well, oh, this ain't this ain't good. Like, what's going on? What's going on? I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. I'm like, okay. Do you still want to go to brunch? Yes. Back out the spot, start to drive. And she's like, I, I have to tell you something. Start crying again. I'm like, oh, damn. Like, bro, I'm about to be a dad. Like, this this ain't going how I thought, but it's, it's okay. I can do this. I can do this. So I put on my strong face. I'm ready to be like, it's good. It's good. Like, whatever you decide, we decide. I got you. And she says, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep hurting you. I can't, I can't do it. We have to break up. My world stopped. I mean, like the world around me was moving. It was like in a show when everyone moved except the main character. I was stuck, but I'm still driving, which is awkward as it is. And she's like, I love you so much. I just can't keep hurting you. I can't keep doing this. I can't, like, we have to break up. I'm holding in all my reactions, like typical, typical male reaction. I have none yet. Pull over. And I'm like looking at her and oddly enough, we kiss, hold hands. She look at me, start crying again and goes, I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't do it. We have to break up. And it's in that moment that I realize I'm sitting in a McDonald's parking lot that's full and all the emotions hit me. I'm bent over in my seat, busting out in tears. Just, I can't, I can't do it. Like, I can't do it. I think she crying too, but I'm not really sure. At this point, I'm just breaking down. 
compose myself a little bit, look up, break down again. Then you hear me. I got to drive this girl to her house. Four cities away. 20, 30 miles. This sucks. So we driving, awkwardly talking about TV shows when we do talk. Then one of us break down. Get her home. I'm like, all right, I got to go get all her stuff out of my apartment. Zoom back to my house. Grab everything I can. Put it in my car. Drive back. Get it to her. I leave again. Sitting in my apartment later in the day, sun going down, and it hits me. Every single lamp in my house belongs to her. It is pitch black in my apartment. I just got broken up with the person who I thought I'm gonna be with forever, and I don't even have a lamp. Like, I got a little flashlight with a dead battery, a cell phone, and a TV that honestly didn't work that good because the good TV was hers too. So I'm just in my feelings. So I'm like, all right, don't be toxic. Don't be toxic. So I do the least toxic thing I can possibly think of. I download Tinder, Bumble, Plenty of Fish, every single app you can think of. Because why not? What could get any worse than this? Don't even bother going to Walmart that night. Just F it. I'm going to just be toxic for now. That ain't really work out too well. Eventually, I go to Walmart, get a lamp. One lamp. So it's one room that got light. And I call my friends. One of my best friends been in a relationship since birth. This man don't know what being single is. My other friend, he don't know, he don't know how to be in relationships. All he do is hook up with people. These are obviously the best people to be around right now. So we kicking it. Of course we drink. Of course we smoke. When I'm in the room with them, I'm good. Like I'm laughing. I'm not bothered. When I go to the bathroom, I am breaking down. I'm in my car. I'm breaking down. Like I can't do this. Like I can't do it. I can't hold myself together. Wake up the next day, hungover, feeling like crap. And that was like the pattern. Then one day I woke up and I felt hungover. And I'm just like, I know something wrong. Like I know this isn't how I'm supposed to be feeling. So I'm like, all right, like I got to express how I feel somehow, but I don't want to tell nobody. I don't want to be laughed at or something like that. So I'm in my apartment hungover and I see my art supplies. Like I paint, I draw, I do stuff like just for fun. So I'm like, all right, let me just start scribbling on this paper. And so I put music on, I start drawing how I feel. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of dope. Let me paint it. So I start painting how I feel. And the picture turns out really dope. And like when I paint, I paint like this guy sitting on the edge of a like a rooftop in like a big city with the skyline behind him. I'm like, oh, this kind of dope. This is how I feel, like completely alone in a city. So, and it, it hits me like when I'm doing this art, when I'm painting, when I'm drawing, like it actually feel like I'm telling somebody every single problem that I have right now. And it's all about these relationships or this relationship. And so I'm like, oh, this actually made me not feel good, but at least like admit how I'm feeling. It's like it felt therapeutic. It felt like I just told my best friend what's going on in my life. So I'm like, all right, I got to do this. I'm going to keep doing this, but I'm cheap. So I go to the dollar store instead of an art store. I get that bright colored paper that they sell that's like 75 cents. Get a bunch of them. And the only art supplies they have, everything is bright. So I'm like, all right, these pictures about to be sad, but they're going to look happy because of these colors because I'm not spending more than $10. So I keep getting it, keep making the pictures. I'm posting them online. They cool. Like people like them, but like, I don't really think much of it. For me, it's just like, this is better than being drunk and hungover and being on Tinder. Eventually get to a point where I'm like, all right, I'm going to delete these apps. I ain't using them anyway. I'm not that toxic. 
my friends come over one day. I hadn't put my art stuff back up yet. And one of them, he's a photographer, the one who never in a relationship. And so he's like, oh, this is dope. Like, these are the ones you put in post and they look better in person. And I'm like, oh, right. Bet. Like, not paying him no mind. He's like, oh, you should be, you should put these in an art show. You should submit to be in an art show or a gallery. I'm like, nah, dog, I ain't finna do that. Like, you don't understand, bro. I can't tell no one how I feel. So he's like, well, tell me about it. And I'm like, no, like, it's people here, bro. I ain't finna tell you about these dang depressing ass pictures in front of other people. So he, he ended up staying long. He's like, tell me about them. I'm like, I don't want to tell you about them, dog. I don't want to tell you. Finally, he wear me down. So I'm like angry, like, bro, I'm depressed. She left. That was supposed to be my wife. My life in shambles, dog. Like, leave me alone. So I tell him in more detail. He's like, see, you just did it. Submit to being a show. And he's a photographer. He's always in art shows, everything. So he keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Finally, I'm like, whatever. I'll, sub- I'll submit. Thinking they won't accept it. Contact me the next day. Like, we want you to be in it. I plan on saying no. This man is at my house, grabs my phone and says yes. So I'm like, bro, like, what is your problem, dog? Like, I'm depressed. Let me be depressed in my bubble. So I go to the show and I'm still not really feeling it. Like, I'm just down. I'm not feeling anything. Like, I'm a second away from breaking down. And the art show is on a street that me and my ex used to go out on all the time. So I'm all the feelings. I'm old school Drake about to cry about everything. Like, just not feeling it. And I put the my pieces up and I'm like, I'm not going to stand by my art by like all these other people. I'm about to move back. So I'm way, way away from them by some other person's art. So I don't want to tell nobody about like, oh, this is what made me feel this way, that way. I don't, I can't, like, I can't do it. I'm a break now. And I don't think that anyone going to like the art anyway. So as the show goes, a couple of my friends come. I'm just talking to them the whole time, avoiding everyone who wants to talk about the art. Like No one knows it's mine. And I could hear some people talk about it because people started to gather around my section and looking at my pieces. And I'm, like, wondering, like, oh, maybe they talking crap about it. Like, whatever. They not that good. I'm, like, talking them down to myself. I walk up so I can ear hustle. And everybody talking about how they look happy and they see hope and strength in these pictures. And I'm, like, oh, it's just because they bright. That's, the, that's why they think that. Because the colors is hella bright. I don't even use real canvas like all the other artists. Like, this stuff is all cheap. So I'm like looking up and then this woman is like, nah, like it look like they've been through pain, but like they all look hopeful. If you look in the eyes, they look hopeful. They all show strength in one way or another. And I'm sitting here like, dog, if only you knew, like I'm an emotional wreck right now. Like this ain't how I'm supposed to feel. So I'm like listening. I'm just like, I'm confused. Like, why do how do y'all see what this? And I'm looking at this like this is the lowest point in my life. I've never felt this bad before. Like I just lost the love of my life, dog. Like, what's up? And finally I stand there. I still don't talk to no one. I kind of act like, oh, I'm looking at this art too. And this woman is there with her partner and they look at it and the guy goes, this is dope. This look like a black man who's sad and strong at the same time. And he's talking about a picture that I made that actually showed a dude with muscles with his head down because he's depressed. And it like never occurred to me until that moment that in that moment, I was trying to put all my emotions onto this canvas and all my emotions and how I felt onto something that really was for me. But I never thought anybody else would see it to be anything other than depression. So I'm looking at the piece. I'm listening to this guy talk and he's talking about how it looks strong and he sees strength and he sees pain at the same time. And it never occurred to me like someone else could see that. 
And it was in that moment that I like actually felt happy for the first time since the breakup. Cause it was like someone else actually can understand how I'm feeling. And I actually let my guard down and no one making fun of me. No one talking crap about me. Like they appreciating what I put out there and they seeing what I put, but they also seeing it from a positive light. And it was like, oh damn, like y'all can see something good out of my like messed up situation. And for the first time since Memorial Day. Like, I had, like, a legit smile. I wasn't covering it up. I wasn't faking it. Like, I was actually happy. I'm still working on it. But it was, like, it showed me that if you actually put them walls down, eventually something good will come out of it because you being your true self. My story begins in September 2020. I'm months into the panty, and corona has taken a lot, including my energy, creativity, and sanity. One day, I plopped down with my notebook, willing something, anything to come out. I've been saying that I wanted to write a book, and since I can't really go anywhere, why not try now? But the page stays empty. My anxiety and loneliness seeps in, dimming whatever creative spark I may have had. My roommate Jasmine walks in and asks me to help her move some furniture. Where does she get the energy? I'm squatting to pick up the couch when she goes, eh, you know you've been doodling in your notebook for hours. <laughs> Hardy har har, Jasmine. I tell her, look, honestly, it's a little scary how little creative energy I have. Jasmine nods. She's like, yeah, living through a pandemic will exhaust you. But it wasn't just that. The world has been on fire for months now, and I'm craving a way to express how that and everything makes me feel. The problem is, I don't know where to start. Jasmine gets this excited look on her face. I recently saw something that I wanted to sign up for. I think you should too. It's called the kinship. The what? The kinship, she says. You know the podcast you had me at Black? Yeah, well, their team created it. It's a digital community designed to nurture your inner creative and give you a creative outlet. They got workshops, creative sessions, virtual meetups, and creative prompts to get your creative juices flowing. It sounds dope as hell. Y'all, I run to my room. I'm signing up now, I shout behind me. Finally, some hope and some inspiration. Take it from me. You may be on lockdown, but your creativity doesn't have to be. Join the kinship at www.youhadmeatblack.com slash kinship. Thanks for listening to You Had Me at Black. If you like what you just heard, leave us a rating or review wherever you're listening right now. It helps more people find the show. We're a podcast, but also so much more. To join our community, The Kinship, or to attend our virtual live storytelling events and creative workshops, or to learn how you can partner with us, visit youhadmeatblack.com. You Had Me at Black is hosted and executive produced by me, Martina Abraham Zalunga. Brittany Abrahams produced this episode, and Claire Wiley helped put it together. Pastel Shade made it sound good, and Nalisa Zungu and Aneka Jackson held us all together. <laughs>